Hello and welcome again to Bat Free Film. I'm your host, Joel Marshall. And I'm Pamela Lopez. And we are sitting here with Insung Huang. Hello. Hi, Insung. Hi, hi, Pamela. Thanks for being here. We appreciate you coming. We met Insung at the Canon 72-hour film festival that Joel and I helped Effie Brown um, produce at the Los Angeles Film Festival. That's right. And Insung was one of seven, was it seven people? Uh, four. Four. Four people that made, that ended up making short films in 72 hours. And Insung made a beautiful film, really beautiful mm -hmm. film, um, short film. And you can probably yeah, see that. Yeah, it's called that. The Moment. And we have, um, it's, it's probably on your website, but it's also um, on our You can thing. just, yeah, you can just find it on, on, you could just even Google it. Yeah, you can Google it, the moment in Sung Huang. Huang. And the, um, we also have it, we have this uh, um, iTunes feed called Bring It also that it's on there as well. It's a nice little movie. Um, one of the things that really jumped out at me about, about your film is your, the way you shoot and how beautiful it looked. I mean, we were shooting on these HD cameras. They were Canon HD cameras. Mm -hmm. that each competitor got the, got an HD camera, a little one. Um, or no, it was actually one of the bigger ones, wasn't it? Do you remember what camera it was? Yeah, we used... Uh, <clears throat> uh, it was the Canon XHA1, mm -hmm. which is the... Uh, it's, it's an HDV format camera. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, uh, it's not... Well, HDV is not necessarily true 1080 1080, but it's it's pretty close. It's 1440, mm -hmm. um, and uh, to get that look, it, it, uh, we actually modified the camera a bit. I thought so because yeah. that, that was one thing about Insung <laughs> is when when we saw the kind of behind the scenes of him making the film, we're like, wait a minute, look at that rig that he's got going on there. What did you do that was different? Yeah, that that was actually a combination of there was there were actually three glass uh, elements, which uh, uh, is. One is the camera itself, and, and the, uh, the the Canon cameras come with, uh, I believe they're L, L quality. Uh, L is the, I think L stands for luxury, but it's it's their higher end lens lenses developed for their, for their uh, still cameras. Uh, uh, <clears throat> that's the built-in uh, lens in the camera. <clears throat> and then there's the, uh, uh, we use a 30, <clears throat> excuse me, we use a uh, 35 millimeter lens adapter called uh, Letus Extreme. Mm -hmm. And what that does is you attach that to the front of the camera, and that gives you the same uh, depth of field as a, uh, say, 35 millimeter uh, still camera or motion picture camera. What's it called again? Uh, Letus Extreme. So these guys are great. They're based out of Oregon. I met the, uh, uh, I actually met the owner when, uh, when I was up there, and he gave me the one of the early prototypes. So I, I played around with it uh, a few years ago, and then I bought the. Uh, Letus, uh, put it on the system, and uh, yeah. Does it work on any any? Camera? Yeah, it works on. Yeah, it works on pretty much uh, any uh, cameras out there, including the lower end uh, uh, consumer cameras to uh, to some of the higher end, you know, uh, professional cameras. So you just screw it on, and then at the other end. So that's the the other end, meaning there's a there's the uh, there's a third part. Uh, which is, uh, I use Nikon lenses. They're, these are like, I think they're 50-year-old Nikon lenses that I bought at a uh, pawn shop up in Oregon, in Portland. I just walked in and the guy said, these are beautiful. These, <laughs> you'll make beautiful pictures with this glass. And, I, and one of them was like $80. <laughs> 
Really? <laughs> the other one was maybe $200, and the third one was another like $90. Yeah, because lenses are usually much more expensive. Yeah, than yeah. That. High end, you know, 35 motion picture lenses can run you, you know, $20,000, $30,000 per pop. Oh my gosh. So I had no that was our idea. Well, I'm not going to talk about the budget, but <laughs> it was pretty <laughs> low. Uh, but yeah, the, uh, so in order to get that look that we wanted, uh, we, we, we had to put in. Uh, we, we had to assemble that, you know, three-part assembly. And it's pretty typical now for a lot of filmmakers to do. And it's very popular. Uh, and, and that adapter between the camera and those additional lenses, that, that extreme, like extreme. Yeah, Letus. Letus extreme. How much does that cost? That was a $1,200 unit. Okay. And then the camera itself, I think they sell on the streets. The current street price is probably around 2500 well, you got a really professional-looking look in that. Uh, what in in a uh, seventy-two-hour film festival like that? We had never done one before. Um, what is that experience like to try and make a movie in in that short of time? You know what? I said this before, but seventy-two hours for one of those crazy like do it in like five-minute contest <laughs> filmmaking was actually not that bad. It was just about right for a a, con a compressed. Uh, film contest because I've done a 48 hour once before and it's really it's really crazy because you're, you're not really uh, you're, you know you're not getting like four hours of sleep you're not getting any sleep for like a day and a half mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but with 72 hours you do get four hours a night of sleep <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so there's that break so I just broke it down you know there's a uh, concept and pre-production and then there's production and then there's post-production it was perfect mm -hmm. you know one two three Wow. Now, so wanna, then you, oh. but then you went on and, and after that you made a feature film. Yes, yes. In some ways, uh, uh, the, the, fat, uh, the, the Fat Free Film uh, podcast and, and, and the contest with the LA Film Festival and all that, it was actually, uh, I took a workshop with Judith Weston a little bit before that. And uh, one of the areas that I wanted to improve was uh, directing actors and acting performances. And so the moment was uh, a chance for me to test that out. So it was only like a month or two before uh, I, I took this workshop and I said, okay, I, I gotta shoot something. <laughs> Get my camera, I gotta shoot something. So this opportunity came up. Uh, it turned out very nice. You know, I, I worked with some really good actors and so that laid the foundation for shooting uh, the film Justify, my, my first feature film. Now, you said that about working with actors. I, I just wanted to know a little bit about your background and how you came to filmmaking so that we can find out. Because one of the things, obviously, you have an aesthetic that is, is um, I feel like, is much higher than a lot of the young up-and-coming filmmakers that I see. Because a lot of them, uh, they just don't have that eye that you have. And uh, that ability also to use, utilize the camera and lenses like you were talking about. So can you tell us a little bit about your background? Uh, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I've always had an art background. So, I mean, ever since, <laughs> ever since I was, I don't know, even in elementary school, I would draw, you know, pictures of Porky Pig or Bugs Bunny and give it to the girls, you know, the pretty girls that I like just to win favors from them. <laughs> and, 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 and it worked. That, that, was, that, was the, that was the crazy part about it. And, and, and so that, uh, uh, excuse me one moment, let me just turn this off. Um, so that, I, I, I I, knew, I, I loved art for as long as I could remember. So uh, it was something that I've always had. So like in junior high school, for example, I had a chance to either go into uh, visual arts or music, which is another thing that I love and, 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 and wish there were two of me so I could have taken the music route. 
but uh, uh, took the visual uh, arts route, and uh, uh, and that's it's something that's been with me forever. So I went to college uh, and got a design degree. Worked in graphic design for the last twenty years or so. Uh, photography. I've had an interest in photography forever, and and I guess I would call myself an amateur photographer. I've done some professional photography as well. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's just something that carried over. I think uh, every filmmaker comes or brings with them something from their background. And, um, and directing actors was not one of them. <laughs> but, uh, the, the, but, the, but the visual arts is something that, uh, yeah, that's been with me and probably will be with me for a long time. And you said that you took this course in directing actors. What other things have you done to kind of uh, help you develop story and, and work with actors and do the things that are more um, of, uh, related to the drama aspect of, of making a film? Hmm, that's a good one. Could you maybe paraphrase that? Uh, yeah. Um, how can okay? How can filmmakers like yourself that come at, like for instance George Lucas is somebody like mm. this who came at uh, filmmaking from a photography from a more, more design okay. technical aspect and I feel like sometimes uh, he falls short with the directing of actors because sometimes he'll bring in these incredible actors and they all of a sudden won't give the greatest performance they won't give a performance that you know like uh, Ewan McGregor for example doesn't give a performance in Star Wars that's anywhere near what he gives in train spotting or some of these other things that he's done um, and so how can a person like you that comes from a design uh, a viewpoint how can you Become better with working uh, okay. with actors. Okay, this is, I, I like this question a lot. Um, I think for for people like me, directors uh, who who come from more of a technical background, mm -hmm. who uh, you know whether it's computers or or other technical areas, who uh, the thing about the technical areas is uh, uh, the technical things like art pieces, they don't like argue back. <laughs> they, they, they don't uh, have a mind of their own. Well, okay. Well, in some ways they do. Art does, you know, speak for themselves sometimes. But, uh, and that was, for me, that was the biggest, most, one of the most challenging areas to, uh, uh, to delve into because there was, this, there was this other person. And they think and they act and they do and they <laughs> yell and they cry and they do all kinds of stuff. they're late to work but <laughs> oh my god you know what do i do but um but one thing i realized is like uh, uh taking a workshop with judith for example um you uh, you learn to be uh, you learn to put yourself in that sort of vulnerable position to be able to it's 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 kind of a leap of faith i maybe maybe that's what i'm getting at it's it's there's this sort of uh, you get to a point with uh with with your craft maybe you know if, if you're from the technical side and at some point you um you come to an edge and, and you go oh wow you know i really need to get over there but in order to get over there i need to leave over here and at some point you gotta let go of what you have here in order to get over there mm. and so um, for so for directing act, uh, actors, it was like that for me. I had to kind of let go of some of that control, and go. You know what? <laughs> I'm learning a little bit about Zen, and there's a it's a word called koan or ko, ko, k o a n, hmm. and it's about uh, how that worked. Is a master would uh, test a student with these koan type 
stories or phrases. They're almost nonsensical. And, you know, you know for example, if you, if you say, <clears throat> if two hands come together, it makes the sound of a clap. If one hand comes together, what is the sound? Together the, with what? This is, Just, this is a aha, question where I... There's no that's, together. That's it. <laughs> that's the point. And so depending on... So, you, uh, so Kamala, you would fail. As oh, a, I as just a, finally got student. that. I but just like, got that right now. Like I never got understood the people well, that meditate on the sound of one hand clapping. Well, it's, I it's, got a piece of it right now <laughs> that I understand. It's the, it's the idea of your mind uh, being alert to what is right here, right now. And what's his name? Uh, Eckhart Tolle talks about this, the power of now, uh, the, being in the moment. And in fact, the, the, the short that I did, it was the, called sure. The Moment. So, uh, in fact, it was just the whole exercise in being in the moment. And so that's how I'm trying to, uh, uh, that's, well, that one, that's, I'm trying, that's how I'm trying to live my life. But also on set, that's how I'm trying to direct actors is to, uh, you know, we, we had the script and the script is very powerful. It's set in stone almost. But yet, if you totally like marry yourself to the script and not work with these live organic beings, these incredible beings that have minds and energy forces all around you. You're missing a lot. And so, um, so as a director, if you can be vulnerable enough to be porous enough to, you know, have the energy pass through you and vice versa, there's, um, uh, you know, magic can happen, as mm -hmm. they say. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, so that's, that's what I would say about, um, you know, going from the technical side to the the more ethereal side is to, you have to be vulnerable, you have to have a leap of faith, and you just have to take that step. I know that a lot of actors say about Woody Allen, they say when they work with him, they're, they're like, I don't know if I'm giving him what I what he wants, because I, and I've never worked with Woody Allen, nor do I know him, uh, but um, from what they say, it's like they wonder if they're doing the right thing, essentially, because he's so hands-off about their performance a lot of times. And I think that's true about certain directors that have a, have a lot of times they're directors that have a great body of work and they have a lot of confidence in, in where they're going. And they, they're very good at casting people uh, in the right roles to do what they want them to do. And a lot of it has to do with just picking the right actors and then allowing them the space to create. Yes, in fact, I uh, ran into, what's his name, John Voigt. Uh, at a, at a uh, after party screening, uh, and uh, uh, it was just it was just random. And my uh, I was with my sister who invited me to the screening, and all the all the tables were taken. And and this gentleman comes next to me and says, hey, "Is this seat taken?" And I just looked up, and then it was John Voight. So I said, "Oh no, no, please, please, uh, you know, take a seat." And so uh, throughout the conversation, I said, "So you know, you know, if if I may ask you, you know, I'm an aspiring director. If, if uh, you know, I would, I, I really want to improve my uh, craft of directing actors." And uh, I said, "Can you give me any tips on this area?" And he just looked at me and said, "No, you don't. You know, you really don't." And there was a little glass of water in front of him. He says, "It's just like this glass of water. You really, you just fill it up, and you know, you just there you go. You just let them go." <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much like, you know, you wind it up and let them go. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, you know, I was expecting something more profound, you know, John Voigt, you know. <laughs> but uh, but, but then guess, there's... I, I maybe that is you, profound, I guess yeah. what it is, is though, is you're putting whatever liquid into that vessel. 
So is it milk? Is it juice? Is it bitter, horrible poison? <laughs> you know, what is it? Is it champagne? So when you fill the actor up and wind him up, hopefully you've filled him with the script, the subtext, the over, hopefully the whole, they see their position within your overall mm. structure and then they are free. But without any of that, if they're just not given anything to put in the glass and they're empty standing around there, this, that's not so good. No, that's not so good. And hopefully you realize that in casting before, yeah. before you go forward. It but, does uh, seem like some of the best directors that I've worked with have been people that just say like, very, they say very little, but when they say something, it's, it's something that kind of propels you forward you. and helps you move, yeah. you know, get into that groove or whatever it is for that particular character. Tell us how you came to the story of Justify, which is the first, ooh, which is your first feature. Well, Justify came about in a <clears throat> sort of odd way. I had written three other feature scripts, and, and uh, I, I said, oh, I've I got to make one of these someday. Uh, but it was actually inspired by the, uh, my mother's passing. You know, she died uh, several years ago. And uh, I just was daydreaming, and uh, I had this uh, daydream of this person, this, this girl, in an alleyway of seeing her uh, dead father. And that's all it was. And that scene is actually, uh, uh, more or less, it's still in there. Um, it, it's the scene where she, it's towards the, the, the chase scene, and she fantasizes about her dead father and, and how he's there to comfort her. Mm -hmm. um, but the rest of it, you know, I, it still, it still kind of stumbles me because I don't know where the latex stuff came from necessarily. It just, uh, um, it's, it's, yeah, you know, I don't know where the latex stuff came from. It just came out. <laughs> um, but, but the idea, maybe I. I know in the you know in the bondage culture there's a lot of uh, you know torturing and pain and and, and uh, uh, you know um, you know masochism, uh, but what 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 I get out of that uh, area of bondage and what it how it ties in with uh, with this with this girl in an alleyway seeing her dead father is about uh, pain and how we process pain and. Um, uh, maybe the best way to explain it is like, uh, for example, if we have physical pain, it's very, uh, well, I mean, it's, it's, it's unbearable, right? You know, you, you get a cut on your arm, you know, it hurts like hell, you got to yell, cry. And, but we know to yell and cry, we know what to do, right? It's, it's, it's built into our system. But let's say something like, like the death of a loved one or even death of yourself. That's really abstract. And you have to, uh, and the mind, like, the mind can't process that if you try to. It, 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 uh, uh, it you know, we go crazy. <laughs> there are no real answers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so we, we I mean, the, 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 the manifestation of that is uh, possibly religion, you know, uh, all kinds of deviations like, uh, um, you know, pain that we inflict on ourselves or, uh, Addiction. Addictions, drugs, sex, whatever. I mean, it's, uh, we, we <laughs> you know, uh, for me, maybe it's filmmaking, I don't know, but, uh, but that's, I think, reasonably healthy. Uh, but, uh, oh yeah, your original question was how, how this came about, but, uh, 
yeah, so it's, it was really about the pain and how, how the processing of pain. And I think I, was, I must have been going through a little bit of uh, processing of pain of my own mother's passing. I, I don't see it necessarily directly related to the uh, film, but that's, that's, uh, that's where it started from. Mm. When you wrote the script, did you take into consideration I have to write something that's uh, extremely low budget? Or did you just write whatever you wanted to write? Ah, uh, no. <laughs> This was not this was not a uh, low budget movie when I wrote it. Uh -huh. In fact, the chasing was to be, I mean, pretty spectacular in terms of um, destruction. It was supposed to be like nihilistic. Everything was supposed to be, uh, you know, things were just supposed to crumble and and blood everywhere and. And, uh, uh, you know, because uh, I'm thinking, you know, there's, there's a payoff. There's all this, like, built-up pain for her from since childhood. And, you know, it's a, it's a revenge movie, and she, she's ready to let it all out. And come hell or, you know, hell or high water, she's going to just let everything out. And, but when it came down to it, <laughs> nobody knew who I was. Um, you know, we didn't have any name actors. Uh, and and uh, and the people that believed enough believed in the film enough to give us a little bit of money, you know, there was no way we could shoot that scene, mm -hmm. uh, let alone uh, a mansion. We have a mansion in our movie, by the way. Cost us nothing, cause you know, we I, I just got lucky. <laughs> I, I just got really lucky. Um, but the budget, yeah, it was. It's. Uh, it would have been nice to shoot for something like two million, mm -hmm. at, at a minimum, or at least at a minimum, maybe like five hundred thousand or something. <laughs> but so, how did but, you how did you go about accomplishing this on such well, a budget? Well, like the chasing couldn't be like a John Woo style uh, chasing. There was no way uh, because of the budget uh, uh, constraints. So we thought, you know, rather than making this. Uh, um, like a total destruction ending, why not make it a little bit more emotional? Why not make it a little bit more cat and mouse chase? Mm -hmm. You know, a little bit more playfulness. And um, so that's. How many days did you have to shoot it? Uh, we scheduled 18 days. We shot it in, I think, 16. And then, yeah. And then like seven, eight more days of pickups and random B rolls. And, and that was in Oregon? No, it was here you, in LA. It was here. So, what was the Oregon connection? Oregon connection. I uh, right before I did the moment, I, I I had lived in Oregon for uh, about a year and a half, and I left LA thinking there's got to be a better way to make a living and make a film. <laughs> it, it's just too hard, and and I, I was getting older, and I said, you know, I, I want I want a life. Damn it, <laughs> I want a house. I want I want all this stuff. Um, so I went there, and um, and I, I uh, uh, and, and, and and okay. Well, the, the other thing about uh, Portland was, you know, great public transportation, sense of community. Had you been there before? Yeah, I visited my friend a couple of times mm -hmm. uh, who lived there, or who still lives there and loves it. And uh, but I, I moved there, and I it just didn't work. I'm Why? Like, oh, so gloomy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, didn't you know that before you moved there? <laughs> <laughs> Portland. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, in some ways, uh, you know, it was. Uh, uh, was it easier to live there? Like you imagined? You, you know what? Yeah. In some ways, yeah. Some, uh, 
Uh, cost of living is a little bit more affordable there. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not as cheap as you would think because Portland's kind of known now, and it's it's. Uh, uh, but it's still you know there's still people that a lot, lot of, there's still a lot of people that move in, but there's still a lot of people that move out. <laughs> so, um, uh, but yeah, I, I think it's a good place to live. It just wasn't for me, you know. So when you came back to L.A., were you thinking, uh, I'm going to go back to L.A. and go back to oh, that life yeah. and make a movie? Or what were well, you thinking? Well, before I moved to L., you know, you know, like when you're directing a movie, there's something in the back of your head that says, well, I probably shouldn't let that go, but oh, we, we ran out of time or ran out of money or something couldn't work and mm -hmm. we just had to do it that way. And then you look back and, and, you, should, and you go, there's no way you should have compromised that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. So before I moved to Oregon, my, my mantra every day was, don't freaking go anywhere unless you make your first feature but I I, 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 I went and and the uh, and, and uh, there's a lot of independent filmmakers d doing uh, you know their individual things but there isn't really an infrastructure for for uh, uh, for filmmaking hmm. not really there's, 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 Oregon, there's he means. yeah there's there's something there there's definitely yeah. a, a, a media production media community there but it's not you know, I I took it for granted that you know I think, oh, even if I had just a little portion of LA in Portland, it would be totally manageable. And you could do it. You could do it. There's some actors there and stuff. But I just came back with a vengeance <laughs> and said, you know what? I'm making this movie. So do you think uh, moving to Portland gave you a little bit of perspective on what you did have yeah, back I in think, LA? Yeah, I think it put a little fire under my, under my belly and it, 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 it gave me an appreciation for what I had here and the, the wealth of talent with, <clears throat> in terms of actors, you know, cinematographers and everybody else here that are all, there's so many talented people and, and, and so many that are also struggling that could use an opportunity to, they're just looking for an opportunity to showcase their work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, also know. there are a lot of people I feel in Los Angeles that have put their kind of butt on the line mm. for film or for acting or for directing. Where like yourself, who says you know maybe they for forwent having they don't don't have kids maybe they don't have a house they they have committed their life to yes. it. Whereas yes. um, in, sometimes with in other locations, people might not really throw themselves into a project so. So with both feet as much. I mean, that might be true. Might. I think it's interesting that you said um, there came a moment and you said, I am not going to do anything until I do my first feature film. Mm -hmm. Because I, I... Including having a baby and getting married. <laughs> right. I mean, I think to a degree the, the, the um, vastness of making your first feature film is so sort of overwhelming that you have to take that position or it probably won't get done unless you luck into this amazing situation in the mainstream where you're hired. Um, but that's so rare for a first-time filmmaker, and it's almost like uh, it almost like separates the amateur from the pro in the sense that uh, it's it's just almost impossible to do. So anybody that has actually made a complete feature film is head and shoulders above the rest of, of the crowd because you've pulled it off. And then it gives peop, uh, other people the sense that, well, this is somebody that could pull that off. I'm going to invest in them. Hmm. I mean, theoretically. Yeah, uh, theoretically and, and, and practice, it's true because uh, the second film is that much easier. 
So tell the, us, have you? Do you have a second film yeah, already? Yeah, I'm working on a second film now with the uh, current executive producer of Justify, and uh, in fact, she invested money because she wanted to make uh, the second film, this other film, with me. Ah. And so, um, you know, the first one took like five and a half years to get it, you know, uh, started. Uh, the second one's taken about, you know, two hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, just to get started, we're still in development, you know, we're, there's still a lot of work to do. Uh, but it, it doesn't feel like this, you know, this this other entity or this uh, 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 other events in my life that's down in the future. It's happening now. And and that's, it, it goes back to what I said earlier about living right now, doing things now. I, and if I could say anything to any of the uh, filmmakers that haven't made a feature yet and, and looking to do it is, what are you waiting for? <laughs> Do it now. Do one part of it now. You know, like you, you know, like the like the old Chinese saying, say, just you know, every journey begins with a single step. Take just the one little step today. You don't have to take two steps. Just take one. Tomorrow you just do another one. But yeah, you, you have you have to um, you have it's 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 you know my 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 mind state has changed. It's it's more about now uh, me doing it. It's not about this other event in my life that's, you know, whatever we're waiting, waiting for, you know, whether it's, you know, we're waiting for the, our opportunity or waiting, waiting for the right person or waiting for some event in life to come. Money, you know, some people are waiting for money. Uh, why not live that moment right now in some small way and, and have it and, and, and own that moment? instead of being owned by the moment or this other event. And as you take those steps, you're building assets that might not be money, but are valuable assets that'll bring in money as well, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's uh, I guess, you know, I shouldn't go off too, too big of a tangent off of this, but, you know, I, I'm learning a little bit about money too. I'm very curious about the process of money and what, what money really is, is uh, if you think about it, you know, money is, you know, it's just paper, right? <laughs> Technically. It's, a, it's an exchange. It's an exchange, right. Exchange of what? Exchange of... Something of value something and something of value. Of value. Something of value. And, and so we, I think there's this belief that we have, there's this only like finite set of money in this world. And, you know, when we talk about like, uh, uh, you know, you know, this whole 80-20 thing, you know, 20% of the population have 80% of the wealth. I'm like, wait, is there really only like finite number of wealth? I mean, maybe there's only finite number of dollars, but wealth, like, you know, if anytime you have an idea and you produce it and you make it into something, isn't that value? Mm -hmm. Isn't, and then you just need to monetize it and then get it out there. And then right, money is like a placeholder for value. Yes, yes. And so that's, that's, that's just what I, I'm learning too. And, and so uh, with, uh, making justify, I realized, wait a minute, I did create something new and, and, and it is something of value. And so, you know, that's hopefully I'll make a lot of money, but you know, as long as my investors get their money back, I'm happy. But uh, how are you going to do that? What, how are you doing your marketing right, and distribution? Right now, the money thing is just so crazy because, uh, we shot this for such a low budget that I ended up selling the camera so I can pay rent to keep going <laughs> after we shot the film. How, how, this, is, this, this is kind of entertaining. And, and uh, that crazy camera setup that I told you about earlier, we, 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 we sold that so we can buy a smaller camera so we can go in and shoot like B-roll stuff, uh, guerrilla style in, in, the, in the LA Metro. 
so uh, after we shot that, uh, we sold that camera. Actually, this is my personal equipment. So I sold that camera, so then I could pay rent and keep on, keep on going. So, but, before, but to raise the money, I had bought a, a little mini Steadicam to shoot some, some of the scenes. I sold that, shot the trailer, <laughs> used the trailer to get the money <laughs> to shoot the, shoot the movie. And so, of course, we, you know, our, our production money's uh, run out. And we have a great website now, and, and we have an online store. What's your website? It's uh, justifyfilm.com. J-U-S-T-I-F-Y-F-I-L-M.com? Yes. Yes. And so what we're doing now is uh, we, we want to have a proper uh, Hollywood premiere with some media, and, 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 and you guys are invited, of course. Right. And uh, uh, we, we, we want to do it right. I, I, I may know someone that wants to host um, premieres and doesn't charge you. Really? Yeah. That would be, they, that would they, be great they, You for know, us. they leverage some sort of alcohol sponsors, or I, I'm not oh, exactly yeah, yeah. sure, okay. but I'll put you in touch with them because okay. they that... keep asking me if I want a premiere. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I would love that. Okay. We got I that would love that. Care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Check that off. So, uh, yeah, so what we're doing now is like, wait, uh, we have something of value. So uh, I've been making these DVDs by hand, and, and it takes a bit of time. You, you burn the DVD, you make the printouts, you, you know, you, it, it takes a little bit of time to make one of these uh, DVD cases. And there's no way we would want to do it on a large scale like this because it's just way too, it's just not economical. But for a very small run, it's, it's very feasible. So on the website now, what we're doing is we're, uh, we're selling uh, a limited edition. Uh, we're calling it first edition because it's handmade by the director himself, me, <laughs> and, and, and because we don't have any money. And um, so I, I'm signing these and, and marking them one of 500, two of 500, and so forth, and selling them online. So we didn't even announce it yet, and we already sold, you know, like a ten of these. Wow! So, uh, so they're out there. People are aware of us, and it's it's going out. So, so what we're going to do with the money is use that for the premiere screening, and and a couple of the uh, uh, buyers, uh, a couple of people who bought the DVD, will uh, win two tickets each to the premiere and the party. So very nice. Yeah. So with that little money, we'll we'll take that and then you know make it grow. Hope. And are you doing <laughs> film festivals? Uh, we're we're uh, we're submitting the festivals. Uh, we're we're uh, pretty early in the uh, festival circuit route. So um, yeah, we definitely want to be in the uh, festival circuits. So um, the one of the benefits too that you have because you're a graphic designer, you're the box cover, the whole you made this whole product that is. Uh, really it's unified beautiful. by its look it's and it's beautiful. beautiful. It really isn't really something else. And I think that's important when you're going to sell it, and find a dis distributor, et cetera. Uh, I think it's really important. Um, so you're really far along that. Besides having a really nice film, you have really nice packaging with it, which is really important. Um, one thing specifically I want to ask you before we're, we're, we finish this is um, at the end of your film, there's a girl in latex dancing in front of a green screen. Yes. And we're, we wonder, we wondered in watching the film, was that shot for a different purpose originally, or was it shot for <laughs> it the was, end of the uh, film? It was actually shot for the beginning of the film. Mm. And uh, again, uh, it goes partly to budget and time constraints. And so what we wanted to do originally was to do a, a latex style, James Bond style opening. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you get mm-hmm. uh, yeah. you've seen the James Bond yeah, openings, for, right? With with the Live James Bond, the, with the gun yeah. and, and 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 sexy the girls, girls silhouettes, yeah. you know, floating around. And yeah. we wanted to go for that. However, <laughs> yeah. uh, to do uh, the uh, the motion graphics work uh, it, uh, is something that uh, uh, was out of our budget. Mm-hmm. So, but I, you know, I, it, it was such a fun little piece. I wanted to stick it in somewhere. Yeah, it and was so really we, we, cool. We used it for the end, the end credits. It was neat. So, but, but were you going to composite that? Oh yeah, 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 no, yeah. We were going to do a whole After Effects uh, Maya and all that. But uh, oh my gosh, maybe for the next film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. To, I know how to budget a little bit better, but. Uh, well, this has been really interesting, Insung. Um, we're at the place now in the show where we do this thing called Film Bites. And uh, you said a good one earlier, but uh, if you have any advice out there for filmmakers, uh, especially first-time filmmakers, I think, um, this is the time to impart that advice. Well, I'll start to get the ball rolling, because I, I, I always relate my Film Bite to the guest, and I, I think um, Insung is, is exactly... Um, who we make this podcast for. Mm. Um, maybe you, before you made your feature, but, um, and so this podcast really has been um, very important for, for young people to listen to because what it proves and what my film bite is, uh, the obstacles that you perceive to doing your first film um, may be a matter of your perspective. If you do, as Insung suggests, and break it down to the smallest possible step and just move forward on that journey, you will end up with your film. Um, It may not be the film as you conceive of it right now, but it will take you to that level where you are a feature filmmaker, and that's really where most of us want to get to. So I think that's very powerful. It's very inspiring that... Insung went from a short to a feature to now his second feature, and we've known him for about a year and a half. So it's really, really cool, and I congratulate you, and I, I think you really are doing an amazing job. And your aesthetic is so gorgeous. I, I don't see anything but big success for you. Ah, uh, thank you. Thank you. So uh, going along with that, I, I, I think uh, that's, a, that's a really, really... Uh, uh, Good statement. Um, what was I going to say? Ah, um, uh, yes. I th- one of the I think one of the most difficult things about getting the first feature film made isn't the money, although that's tremendously difficult. Isn't the script, although that's also very difficult, or, or any number of obstacles in between. But one of the um, Biggest obstacles is, I think, your uh, 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 such a cliche to say, but the to to believe in yourself, uh, and and uh, but to me, if you just say believe in yourself, I I, I never liked that phrase because it just sounded so. Uh, uh, it just it, there was no real there was no some, there was nothing real to like latch onto. If you just say believe in yourself, well, okay, I'm just gonna believe in myself, and this is gonna happen. No, but for for me, I, I had I had to reason it out logically. I said, well, oh shoot, if I were in the other other sh- you know the other person's shoes, if I was an executive at a studio, and 
I was the one choosing the films to pick up at these festivals or, or these film markets. What would I choose? Well, hell, I'm going to pick the good stuff, <laughs> right? I'm going to pick the good stuff. Well, so is everybody else. You know, everybody's going to be clamoring for the good stuff. So that was my, that was my uh, thinking in that, well, in order to have the good stuff, you got to make the good stuff. Where do I start? Well, you can't make a movie without money. You can't make a movie without a script. So obviously I don't have the money, but I can write for free. So that's where I started. And that was my first step into that step of many. And that said, if you write a really good script, then the rest comes. Yeah. And yeah. it did. And the, a good script is certainly, I would say, the most valuable thing in making a film is a good script because everything else follows. Um, for my film bite, I'm just going to say this. Uh, it's not really a film bite. It's, it's, a, it's a question to the listeners out there uh, about what we at Fat Free Film can provide for you. Please email us and let us know um, what more we can provide on Fat Free Film. Is it, uh, Insung had a, an interesting thing that he said about Portland and about the community in Portland. Maybe Fat Free Film can somehow provide ways for people to get in communication if they're in a, in a city that might not have a lot of filmmakers or a lot of actors. There might be some way that we can provide that. Um, we were also, before we, we had this discussion, we were talking about why we don't do video on Fat Free Film. Uh, do, do you want videos out there? What do you guys want? Just um, email me at joel at fatfreefilm.com and let me know because I'd like to know. Um, thank you, Insung, for being here. Thank uh, you. Yeah, really thank you, guys. really appreciate you uh, coming you on the show. And we're uh, going to watch your trajectory of your career. And hopefully we'll be um, in your be movies in, your movies <laughs> in the future. <laughs> we'll get little, you in there. little plug for us. Um, justifyfilm.com is the uh, website. Um, also, um, Papa G, I think, is uh, dot your... Net. Dot net. Mm -hmm. Papa G dot net is his website. And you can also uh, invite you to look at our um, Bring It Fat Free Film podcast feed. Just put... Um, Fat Free Film, bring it in iTunes and you'll get this feed. We're going to start putting some video out on there. One of the things that we've put out on there is uh, Insung's trailer uh, for his film Justify. All right, thank you, and we'll see you next time. Great. <laughs>